Johnny Cage, Kenobu, Kang, Raiden, Scorpion, Sonya Blade, Sub-Zero, Goro, Shang, Zora, Tabaraka, J-Jack, Kintaro, Kitana, Kung Lao, Merlini, Nanook, Seba, Spell, Shao Kahn, Fuck, Chameleon, Cyrax, Earth, Makabo, Motaro, Nightwolf, Insector, Sheep, The Sindel, Striker, Fu, Jin, Quan, Shi, Shin, Oxo, Rina, Jerick, Kaimi, Reiko, Tanya, Tremor, Blizzgo, Raicho, Dramin, Fosu's now, Tan, Kenshi, Lee, Mavado, Mocap, Moloch, Natara, Ashra, Dairo, Darius, Havoc, Hotaru, Kira, Cobra, Onaga, Shijinko, Gigante, Mandalora, Cassie, Cage, Aaron, Black, Ferrator, Jackie, Briggs, Kotokan, Kongjin, Takeda, Trap, Dwarf, Cetrion, Scarlet, Gareth, Collector, Chronica, Welcome to Mortal Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Meckler, and this is the show where I walk my friends through the entirety of Mortal Kombat lore from the perspective of a single character. Today, very special guest, writer, comedian, bad video game podcaster, Heather Ann Campbell. Heather, how are you doing? I'm all right. How are you? I am alive. All right. Who could ask for anything more? It's the yeah. year 2021. Everything's different now, um, and everything's better. And is, everything's fixed. Is, is this your first cast of 2021? Uh, it'll it'll probably be my second. I'm I'm banking some, and then I'll start dropping them soon. Um, yeah. So this will be this will be an er, a very early in 2021 cast. Okay. So the the wound is fresh for everyone listening. Well, I meant I meant is this your first record on the other side uh, of the of the other uh, gap? Oh, that's a good question. Um. Yes, I think it is. Okay. It's one of those New Year's where, like, it didn't more more so than usual. It felt like nothing really happened, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's hard yes. in my brain. It doesn't feel like there's 2020 and there's 2021. It just feels like we're in uh, DLC 2020. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. Yeah. I'm in the uh, undead nightmare mode of 2020 right now. <laughs> um, I do have a 33-second voicemail on my phone now after skipping a call that said it was from U.S. Congress. Um, so I'm curious now to find out what's in this voicemail I, from the call I, I missed really, from U.S. Congress. I really hope it's a literal member of the U.S. Congress. I, I, I yeah. hope that you won some kind of political nightmare lottery and yeah. you like they're going to announce tomorrow that they've selected 15 random Americans who represent the actual <laughs> voice of the people. And they're going to escort you to Congress and you're going to speak your yeah. mind about the issues face- facing you. And then right. like everybody will be angry with you because those issues weren't their issues. Yeah, I'll have screwed up. Def- I would definitely botch that so hard if that opportunity came my way right now. I would... I would just fall on my face instantly. <laughs> I don't even know what I would ask for. I don't know what my concerns are right now. It should be easier to get a hybrid electric car. There should be more of them. Okay. Because or or more charging stations. Pick one. Yeah, I I mean, I'm yeah, I can see <laughs> that you would be um 
you would have botched it because I would have gone COVID first. I would have been like, oh, well, yeah, you know, we should do something about COVID. But you went straight <laughs> to electric car. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like in my mind, it's like if I bring up COVID, that's not moving the needle. But if I maybe the electric car thing, I could get some some traction on it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe I'm aiming. I'm aiming low. <laughs> yeah. No, it worked. I mean, I think it's a it's a let's say you were fifth in line. Great mm-hmm. pocket issue. Because like, yeah, pe- people one and two, they're going to name COVID. Person yeah. three is going to be like, I don't know, wages, healthcare, mm-hmm. maybe healthcare. Um, person yeah. four is going to be a conspiracy theorist. And then you would have yes. been like, let's talk about electric cars. I think it's actually a pretty good placement. It's I think, you know, I'm just thinking ahead. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's say hypothetically we get past COVID one day. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to worry about the environment and what's going to help electric cars. Yep. Yep. You're right. There we go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, How's your 2021 been so far? Um, So I've just gotten into big, big hiking, big hiking. Um, Okay. I was worried you were going to say pharma. So I'm glad. I'm glad you said, you said um, hiking. Yeah. I, I, so yeah, I, I've been going on these 10 mile hikes. I've summited a mountain for the first time, mm-hmm. uh, which is crazy. Cause like I didn't know one, I didn't know I was going to summit a mountain. Like right. my, I left the house with my girlfriend. We went to this park, this like co- County or national park. Don't even know which one it is. And a friend of ours, which mountain like, was Hey, well, I don't want to give that away. Cause, uh, cause I'm okay, afraid okay, of sorry, people. Sorry, and then also, I don't want people to know that this trail is mostly empty. Uh, okay. So, uh, so we go out to this this national park or county park, whatever it was, and our friend had told us this ten mile walk was a loop, and we're like, oh great! What we didn't realize is we were about to travel three thousand feet up. Uh, Mary had mm-hmm. a stair charter on her watch, and we climbed three hundred and fifty flights of stairs. <laughs> We got to the top of this mountain where there was snow and then went back down it. And neither of us had prepared. Like, we didn't eat spaghetti for breakfast or whatever it is that you, like, carb up before a hike like this. It took us six. Yeah, classical spaghetti breakfast. Yeah, you know, like spaghetti for breakfast. Hey, look, macaroni and cheese is a breakfast. Spaghetti spaghetti can be a breakfast. Yeah, you're supposed to make the spaghetti from that Francis Ford Coppola movie, Jack, where it's like maple syrup and then it turns into a breakfast spaghetti and then like jelly beans or whatever else they put in there. Sorry, that's a deep cut for the jackheads that are that listening. A, <laughs> if you're yeah, a, remember when Robin Williams was in the treehouse and him and the kids, they make the maple syrup spaghetti and they feed it to Bill Cosby. Just a fun memory of the movie Jack for yeah, anyone listening. It, yeah. Do you know, I my mom won, <laughs> my mom won a pre-screening of Jack off the radio. The whole screening? Like she got to go early or she got yeah, to like host? Yeah, and I, was, I got to go with her because I was her daughter. And so I got wow. to see Jack before it came out. And as a child, that was incredible. Like that mm-hmm. was the coolest thing that had ever happened was that my mom called sure. the radio, was the blank caller, got free tickets to a movie that didn't even come out yet. And it's Robin starring Williams, Robin right? Williams. Yeah, yeah, starring Robin Williams. Directed by Francis Ford Coppola, which of yeah. course meant a lot to you at the time. Yeah, huge. You're like, Coppola, the Dracula guy? I'm in. Hmm. Um. I did like Dracula, though. So, that I mean, I as a kid, movie. I would have been sure. like, wow. <laughs> yeah, you were like, I just played the game. 
I just watched. I just played the game for Sega Genesis. <laughs> for for Sega <laughs> CD. <laughs> I love. Oh it. my God! Was it really? Wow. Yeah. The Sega CD game. I've talked about this on my dumb podcast. Uh, the Sega CD game was they built f- 3D sets, little tiny miniature sets of l- video game levels out of like diorama stuff, like little trees oh, wow. and everything. And then they would film with a camera along the set. And so your background was fully video of a... Does that make sense what I'm saying? I don't even know if yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, it was like a live action background. Yeah. Like when you played a stop motion game, I guess, like like Skull Monkeys, a classic stop motion game. Um, yeah. Dang, that's actually really cool. I don't think I I don't think I knew that. Now yeah. I will replay Bram Stoker's Dracula Sega CD. It's bad. It's bad, but it's it's pretty neat that it exists. It sounds worthwhile. Yeah. Have you seen for Have you seen that that clip of Popeye the Sailor Man from the 30s, where the background is three dimensional, and people pass it around from yeah, time to time on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The video game looks like that. It's like. A videoed okay. three-dimensional plane, but clearly, like, a camera is walking along it. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm actually pretty excited to revisit that now. That's pretty cool. All right. Great. So you hiked really high up after eating spaghetti breakfast. After not eating it. Uh, it took after six hours. After not eating spaghetti breakfast. Six hours. Came down. Legs didn't work. Uh, I was mm-hmm. hungry for two days. Uh, yeah. But because we started with such an intense hike... All the hikes we've done since have seemed so easy. Uh, so now I've been hiking. That's how I've been doing my 2021. I even got shoes. Like I, Whoa. I'm the kind of person who got hiking shoes. Can I make a hike? I mean, you already bought hiking shoes, but yeah. if I could make an additional hiking shoe recommendation for the future, because these were a game changer for me, I'm actually wearing them right now. Okay. Uh, Nike React, which is like okay. the most comfortable mm-hmm. sneaker, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. They make a Nike React hiking sneaker. Yep. That is really good. Yeah. Uh, all CG, all conditions gear, I think. The ACG, I think that's what it's called. I think I went very similarly. I, I'm an Adidas. I, I, mm-hmm. I like Adidas. And I got the Adidas hiking sneaker, which has right. like a continental grip on the bottom. And their, whatever their brand of that foam is is on the hiking right, sneaker yeah. it's the same Cloud and then that juice knit, or whatever they call it yeah yeah that knit cover it's really it's great it sounds pretty great um yeah so pro hiking sneakers pro hiking i miss we hiking. did it we did is it so 2021 podcast is usually like, is like to hiking yep. gear podcast that's it hey thanks for coming on the show uh it's been a pleasure <laughs> Listen, I have a very, uh, I have a very diverse listener base. Uh, they're interested in many things, and ultimately, we always find a way to make it uh, come back around to Mortal See, Kombat. So I'm did. sure this won't be the end of spaghetti breakfast or hiking. By saying ultimate, I feel like you did start working it back towards Mortal Kombat. I feel like you. Yeah, are, we're getting there. You're swinging back towards. <laughs> we're edging our way over. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> before we do dig into things, I am curious, Heather. So I, I know we we have not actually spoken about Mortal Kombat specifically by design because i wanted to ask you on the show what how what is your familiarity i don't think i've seen you like tweet a lot. our our friendship has been entirely based on being twitter mutuals yeah so i'm curious like <laughs> I, I don't think i've seen you tweet about mortal Kombat much no um i'm curious if you know anything about the series or are interested in it at all or have played any of the games so at one of the arcades my parents brought me to there was a mortal Kombat machine right next to virtual fighter 
uh, and mm-hmm. I played them both equally. I would not call myself a fan of either Virtual Fighter nor Mortal Kombat. Uh, I okay. also played Mortal Kombat 2 pretty extensively uh, with uh, uh, Baraka and yeah, uh, dude. Melina. Right, right. Terrific. And mm-hmm. uh, Sonia, or was she only in one? And then came She's back in, in three. All of them. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And Goro was from two, Ugh. and then also he's from one. not in two. Oh no, uh, his buddy is his other form yes, buddy. Yes, it's Kintaro, the <laughs> Tiger Goro. Kintaro. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, then three came out, and it three came out at the same time as I believe Street Fighter Alpha series was hitting arcades and i was such a street fighter alpha fan that i did not ever get into mortal kombat beyond mortal kombat 2 and a little dabbling in 3 um i know that it is now like tekken it's like real it's like siege it's a polygonal based characters and stuff exactly like tekken yeah it's just like tekken uh it's a tekken style fighting game in that it is (laughs) three-dimensional i saw I saw a GIF and I couldn't tell if it was fake or real because sometimes people will post things and they'll they'll be like fake Mortal Kombat fatalities, and it was a woman kicking a guy in the balls so hard that his spine and skull explode out of the top of his head. Oh yeah, that's real. Yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah. That's that's good enough that I, I might. I, that <laughs> That's ridiculous. That's uh, that's like the tip of the iceberg for how far the fatalities have come in the most I... recent games, and they're so detailed. <laughs> yeah, I want some mythbuster or physicist to talk about mm. the amount of force that would have to be applied in a kick to yeah. have that occur. <laughs> like to I have... mean, the thing is, you have to factor in magic, right? Oh, right, right, right. How? You got you got to factor in magic in that case, and then what are you gonna do, right? Like, maybe it is possible. Who am I to say? I'm not a wizard. I, I I'm not a sorcerer. I, I don't, think it, it might just be a mortal that does it, though. I can't I can't remember quite who does the ball kick. It might be Sonia. I think I think it's possible. I think you that there is a physics equation that you could calculate that would be how mm-hmm. hard do you have to kick somebody in the base of the spine. So yeah. that it, their spine and skull explode out of the flesh of their body. Sure, I'm trying yeah. to imagine what the how this experiment is done, and I'm seeing like a mannequin or like crash uh, test dummies. <laughs> yeah, or like a dummy full of Jello or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. and like <laughs> some kind of piston device set up right below the crotch. <laughs> And there's something measuring the amount of like pressure that's being blasted directly up. And actually, now I really want to see this happen. So I just got to figure out who's paying for it, I guess. I also like that you reduce humans as dummies full of gelatin. (laughs) Is that not essentially what we are? We're like a skeleton in a wet bag. (laughs) (laughs) I heard somebody or read a tweet. I never hear anything. I only read. I, it's all Twitter. I don't <laughs> ever talk to a person that was describing yeah. people as uh, mechs, that we are the brain mm-hmm. inside of a robot skeleton, that yeah. we are piloting a, a mech. And I that mm-hmm. made me really happy. I like that. 
idea. I mean, that's exactly right. Yeah, we're yeah. we're only the brain. The other yeah. stuff is just like that's why <laughs> the that's why conceptually cyberpunk is so cool because it's like this arm sucks. Give me give me metal arm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's why yeah. one of the which which of the snakes gets the metal arm? I. It's not solid. It's liquid? not liquid. It is liquid, right? Yeah, because liquid's the one in no. Who's in? Who's in? Phantom I've only Pain? played two. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know Metal Gear. Out. I'm going to get into them, but I'm doing yeah. Police Knots next. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. yeah. A sequel to Psycho Knots. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you're uh, you, you got some history with Mortal Kombat, and do, do you have any like semblance of the concept of the story of these games? Like, have you seen the movies? Do I've you kinda... seen. I've seen. You know, Mortal Kombat. I've seen that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you just okay. said movies, and I did not know that there was yeah. a, a, any other movies. Uh, I wait. No, I'm vaguely aware of an animated movie. Um, yeah, there was recently a, a actually very good animated movie. Was, yeah, was there a Straight Todd to McFarlane Mortal Kombat movie, or am I making that up? No, but there was an animated series that looked very Todd McFarlane mm. in the '90s called, I think, Defenders of the Realm. Mm. Um, in which uh, the Mortal Kombat combatants defended the realm in a children's cartoon. Okay. So there was not a lot of a lot of ball kicking, head exploding. Okay. Okay. On that series. So mm-hmm. I've seen. So my awareness of the story of Mortal Kombat is Shang Tsung yeah. has a tournament, and he yep. brings people to an island, and they fight mm-hmm. in his tournament, yep. and. He allows for all violence. It's no mm-hmm. holds barred. But having seen the amount of violence that his number one champion is capable of, still enters himself into his own tournament and and mm-hmm. then is executed. Uh, and that is like my vague understanding of what Mortal Kombat is and that there are spiritual beings and gods and undead and robots like... Um, Oh man, what Ermac? Is that his name? Ermac. Yeah, yeah. he's a bunch of ghosts. Oh. Uh huh. Well, he's a bunch that's... of ghosts jammed into a, a ninja body. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's like a dartboard where like seventy percent of the dartboard is ninjas that are robots, and you threw the dart and you landed right in the middle where you hit the like one of the two non-robot ninjas. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's my that's my unresearched vague okay. understanding of what mortal Kombat is this is a very interesting read i like okay. it yeah great. great okay well uh given that i will i don't know that it's entirely necessary for the character we're talking about today but i'll give you a little bit of a, a an explainer on what um all of mortal Kombat is um so just like briefly um rewind back to the dawn of time um there was the one being <laughs> Which, like, you know, a, a form of God, a God being, right? And then separately, there was a whole pantheon of gods called the Elder Gods. Do you have to do this every episode? I definitely don't have to, but I would love to. Okay, okay, okay. And it is somewhat of a catchphrase to okay. uh, rewind to the, yep. to the dawn of time. Okay, great, um, great. 
Yeah. Uh, again, not necessary for the character we're talking about today, other than maybe like an extra 1% understanding of what maybe some people adjacent to him want. But that said, Dawn of Time, the one being big celestial being, mm-hmm. pantheon of gods called the Elder Gods, the one being is subsisting on their energy. And the Elder Gods are like, why? Fuck that. Let's get these. Ma- let's make some magic daggers. Let's hack the one being up into like a billion pieces, and then that will create worlds upon worlds for us to rule. So they do that. They make these daggers. They stab the one being. They cut him up into a million billion pieces, and each piece of the one being is an entire realm unto itself. So dimension. So like okay. Earth, the universe as we know it is Earth realm. Okay. But there are millions of other dimensions that exist. Um, sharp knife yeah all because of the sharp knife and um given that there are all these dimensions as life evolved in these realms and the elder gods were ruling over these realms they realized that eventually no matter what some tyrant somewhere would become aware that there were other dimensions and then try to conquer them and merge the realms to expand his rule so it's like saying like our dimension is not big enough for me i'm going to conquer another dimension and merge it with our dimensions there's like a double dimension that i can rule over and then a triple and a quadruple um in a in one sense it's just like a normal like people are bad and eventually you know there's always some asshole who wants to rule everything because he's got a god complex in a more like big brain you know cthulhu-y kind of sense this was the one being influencing the life that was existing in the dimensions that once made up the one being trying to reassemble himself. Okay. So it's like, it's like if, um, you know, Alexander the great was being influenced by the one being to merge the realms, uh, to, to reform himself. Maybe Alexander didn't know that's what he was doing when he was trying to make an empire. Okay. Okay. But, but also Alexander didn't know that he was, uh, but, but a glint of the one being's eye, if you really think about it. Okay. So, to fix that issue of like, hey, like we can't let these realms merge. The one being will come back together and be mad at us. Um, the elder gods were like, easy fix. We'll make a fighting tournament. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> called the Mortal Kombat Tournament. Um, and we will uh, make a rule that you have to defeat another realm in 10 of these tournaments in a row in order to merge with it. And that'll be enough of a stopgap to make sure that no one is ever able to merge these realms. So that's like what the Mortal Kombat tournament is. That's like the lore of Mortal Kombat is there's all these realms. They fight each other in tournaments. There are gods like Raiden. I'm sure you're familiar with Raiden mm-hmm. um, who were like in charge of one realm mm-hmm. and is he's basically like our coach. And so every generation he's like, all right, these 13 guys will be the fighters if we ever have to like do a Mortal Kombat tournament in their lifetime. Um and uh, and that's like the gist of okay. of Mortal Kombat. And the character that we're going to be talking about today um, had a very brief lifespan in the now uh, eleven game Mortal Kombat primary Mortal Kombat series. Okay. Um, but was involved in some like heavy shit. Um, but before we talk about Mavado, who is the character we'll be discussing today? Good lord, I have never heard of Mavado. Yeah, few have. <laughs> he was in, I think he was in two, maybe three games. It was during the 3D era, as okay. people refer to it, which was like the original Xbox, PS2, GameCube era. 
three games came out at this time. They were considered like three of the lesser Mortal Kombat games, and the story really went off the rails okay. during these games, and that was right before they rebooted it um, gotcha. in the like Xbox 360 timeline. Um, so uh, Movado gets real weird real fast and then does not have a huge role to play, but is in the background of some really important events. But, but before we get into his uh, life... Every season of Mortal Podcast has a prompt that I ask my guests based on um, a theme that uh, presents itself in the characters that are discussed that season. This season, I'm talking about all the characters that appear for the first time in Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance, the fifth Mortal Kombat game. So I'm asking all my guests, has there been a time in your life that you have been a part of a Deadly Alliance? Well, hold that thought for one second. There's a cricket yeah. in my garage that I want to kill oh. so it doesn't drive your listeners crazy. I appreciate I, that. While I, cool. While I consider... Heather currently acting as a deadly alliance of one as she slaughters this cricket. Or releases it. I don't want to be presumptuous about how Heather deals with crickets in her life. Oh, no. <laughs> I did walk to where that's the sound okay there's been a cricket warning now for I, listeners I, I walked to where the sound was coming from and it stopped cricketing um have okay. I ever been a part of a deadly alliance uh okay yeah. so my father we, one time there was a snake in our garage or no in our basement uh mm-hmm. which was also the garage and uh it was a big snake and mm-hmm. my father needed to behead it with a shovel and sure. so it's the I only way to deal with a big snake. I needed to stand by the door to sort of scare it towards my father. So we were the okay. deadly alliance where I scared the snake towards my father and then he beheaded it with a shovel. And that was the only I think that's the only time I've been part of a deadly alliance. How old were you when this happened? Eight. Eight. That's an age where it's like either you were afraid or you were like, cool, killing a snake. Both. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Definitely both. I was terrified. And then yeah. also, you know, when you see things, when you see a dead animal when you're a kid, it becomes like a, a, a sort of fixture you in your nightmares. Yeah, you become a yeah. sociopath. Uh, you play bad video games for the rest of your life. Uh, you so, No, you... <laughs> You, it becomes a fixture in your nightmares. And when he beheaded the snake, the body kept moving all over the place. And yeah. it made me feel like I was going to faint. And mm-hmm. seeing the moving body was a, like in my nightmares for a significant period after that. That makes sense. Yeah. That, that it would happen to you. Did you? Okay. So first off, it's wild to me that there's like one way to deal with a snake and it's beheading a snake. I've never heard of any other way other than like the guys that I've seen, you know, in videos of of wild areas where people have like one of those weird tools on a long pole where they move the snake around on the end of the tool you know what i'm talking about right yeah, yeah. looks like a really long potato masher i don't know what it is um but it, i i th- i've heard many stories about people decapitating snakes to the extent that i know for a fact i'm from florida and i know that in florida basically since i was a kid there's been a python bounty and the way that the python bounty works is you have to bring a bag of python heads to like a government building and like turn it in for cash. You know, it's like, man, there is, there is some money to be made here. So yeah. 
you've got to find a third party mm-hmm. that doesn't know of the deal. And you pay about them. About the bounty. About the bounty. And you okay. pay them less yeah. than the government bounty. <laughs> yeah. So you they went think. Tom Sawyering this somehow. <laughs> they think this crazy guy loves python heads. And, and I love chopping you, them off. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe you even have like like three on your on your porch. When the guy yeah. comes out, you're like, oh, shit. This guy loves a python head. And you give mm-hmm. him $10 less than what the actual bounty is. And this guy will go out and do all the terrifying, dangerous work. And then you just yeah. turn in bags and bags of python heads every month. I want to know who in your mind is this guy that's like, seems like good work. And I could totally get a few dozen heads. No problem. Like you picturing your dad in this scenario, who's like a seasoned snake beheader or like someone who's hard on their luck or just someone who's like passionate about that. Who's like, I could be a murderer, but instead I'm going to try to give back to society by murdering pythons instead. I feel like it's a combination of all of these. Like you've got like a a down on your luck. Would be murderer who who's mm. who's trying to dexter who's your dad who's trying to, who's my dad who's trying to dexter <laughs> his own instincts towards violence by giving back to society and beheading snakes. But he's also and and this is important too because my father has no internet access like he's no mm. capacity to understand the internet even. Right. Uh, so he can't look up the Python bounty. We are talking yeah. about my father. My father's going to do, I'm going to do this to my dad. Yeah, let him know if he gets down to Florida, Florida, he can be making some cash. There you go. Great. Does he know he could be making bank right now? Oh, like boy. He's already so good at cutting off Python heads. He just needs to find another eight-year-old to help him <laughs> scare the pythons towards him. Oh, man. Yeah, I've for a long time I've tried to figure out, like, Who's who is the person that takes that job? Is it? I guess it's like, um, man, who plays the orchid thief in in adaptation? Is it Chris Cooper? Yeah, Good grief, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like Chris Cooper. It's a Chris Cooper type. Anyway, enough about pythons. Uh, let's talk about Movados. <laughs> okay. All right. So we've we've established Mortal Kombat lore. There's many realms. Most mm-hmm. people don't know that. For the most part, like people like you and me, if we exist in the Mortal Kombat world, we wouldn't know that there are other worlds. We wouldn't know there's a Mortal Kombat tournament. That's really um, more of an issue for the gods and the chosen warriors should a realm ever be challenged. But then usually it happens somewhere remote, like a Shang Tsung's Island type okay. location. Okay. Mavado, however, he knows all about the Mortal Kombat tournament. Wait. Can you? I I gotta create a picture in my mind. What's this guy look like? Yeah. Does he look like Scorpion in the way that everybody looks like Scorpion, or is he like regular yeah. dude like Johnny Cage, or is okay. he like monster so, person? I picked Movado because I looked him up again, and I was like, I feel like Heather's gonna love this guy. <laughs> okay. Arbitrarily, just ba- again, just based off of knowing each other on Twitter for years. Okay. Okay. Um, Movado is he's got like leather pants pulled up like above his belly button <laughs> leather trench coat um big old hook swords okay. um a pretty annoying black hair that's like got like a little like he's got like he's got bangs or it's spiky and up and anime-ish depending okay. on the game okay um he 
sometimes has like a weird little visor that's like a cyberpunky like techno visor. Sometimes like a, like a he just looks visor? like a matador or like like Jordy no, eyes. Like Jordy like eyes, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um he looks like a guy that just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> may i may i He's look like, him up may i look at a picture is yes, that not in the spirit to, no please this every episode that someone looks up right. <laughs> the person we're talking about yeah mortal combat get some eyes on movado m-a-v-a-d-o yeah right. so like a oh, tornado oh no. yeah mm-hmm. oh, okay so he does look like a tekken character to me yeah yeah he, he just looks like video game trash uh his you've described his swords as hooky swords yeah. But I would describe them, they look like gardening tools. They look like... like There's an, a few different iterations. An item you would use to do some kind of specific uh, uprooting of soil. Yeah. Oh, there's some fan art here. Uh, he looks like... Um, Is it oh, smutty? Because you could probably find a lot of that, too. <laughs> he looks like uh, the dude from Devil May Cry. That's who he looks like. Yeah. This um, was this was right around that time, so okay. probably was create he was probably designed with some some Dante elements in no, in not, mind. Not Dante, the other one. The piece oh. of shit one. I honestly haven't really played those games. So oh, I have man. my knowledge is limited to whatever was in Game Informer, but from like two thousand one to like two thousand eight. Devil May Cry, what was it? Three V Virgil? Is it Virgil? That Virgil. name sounds like a Devil May no. Cry name. Yeah. Uh yeah. He's he's like a black-haired version of Sephiroth. <laughs> Sephiroth. Uh, yeah. I I'm looking at the guy now, and I don't even know his name. I just know that Jordy. people were upset. Dante's Awakening. Okay. I don't know. Whatever it doesn't matter. Yeah, Don. So see, he's like a Dante's Awakening type. Yeah, he's got Virgil vibes. He's a little Sephiroth energy. Yeah. Um, the, the hook swords, the reason I call them hook swords, I agree. They don't look totally hook swordsy. They had, they lore wise come from a character who canonically had hook swords. Ah. So like they must be hook swords and they okay. were just designed kind of weird for that game. And then there's also a few alternate versions of the weapons. Cause I think they had like alternate character fighting styles in that game. So I don't know. They're hook swords. Okay. But basically Mavado looks like video game garbage. He also has like, um, grappling hook kind of tools that he also uses which i feel like is super cumbersome like i couldn't have two grappling hooks and two hook swords and be able to like use both at the same time yeah that, he does. That, that's video game logic you can't do that you can't no, that, that no, doesn't no, no, no. work yeah i feel like in video games like everyone should have like 10 fingers on each hand just to hold all the stuff they're allegedly <laughs> using at all times yeah i've been playing a lot of warframe and that's another one where i'm like how are you doing this um anyway Mavado. Unlike other humans like you and I, uh, knows about the realms, knows about the Mortal Kombat tournament, and kind of knows everything because he's a part of a group called the Red Dragon. The Red Dragon are a very secretive, almost Illuminati-like organization in the Mortal Kombat universe. They live in the shadows, and they are trying to orchestrate events, although it's always kind of mysterious like what those events are. They're so shadowy and mysterious, we don't even know they exist and probably neither did the writers of the Mortal Kombat series until the fifth game. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Red Dragon are led by this guy named Dagon, who um, also looks like shit. And he uh, is also very enigmatic. No one really knows what his deal is, but because he seems to know more than 
most people do about the realms and the going on to the realms. Um, everyone who he recruits into this group also knows. Um, this group is a strict code and many rules because it's really important that they stay uh, in the shadows and that they stay hidden because if anyone were to find out what their goals are, it would jeopardize their plans. So, um, so Movado is like part of Assassin's Creed. Yeah, it's a very Assassin's Creed group. I guess they're more like the Templars, who are mm. the bad guys, I think. I've never finished an Assassin's Creed game. They're all way too long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but they're Templar. You can, they're bad guys, for sure. Um, and they're very shadowy in that way. Totally, yeah. Movado um, is kind of like the second in command. So he's kind of like the right hand of Dagon. And Dagon doesn't really go anywhere, do anything. So, like, Movado's really, like, the day-to-day, like, operations director of the Red Dragon. And the biggest problem in Movado's life, like, it's kind of easy living, you know, they're doing their research. Just to give you an example of the kind of stuff that these guys get up to, um, for the most part, the Red Dragon has, like, one ultimate goal, which is to locate uh, a guy made of fire named Blaze, who has been wandering the realms and is the key to bringing about Armageddon. Um, or, if he is literally consumed, the key to godlike power. Because he can grant you the, the power of the one being, basically. So, Blaze is out there wandering the realms, and the Red Dragons are just all about finding Blaze. That's okay. everything they do, is all about, like, how do we find this guy? Um, it's a big personal hang-up for Dagon. It's a part of a larger Dagon story that really doesn't matter for Movado's life. Okay. Um... But in service of doing so, they get into all sorts of creepy shit. Genetic experiments. Um, I guess in the world of Mortal Kombat, it's not that easy to cross between realms. Okay. Um, but uh, dragons have the ability to do that. But dragons are, like, extinct. Okay. So uh, they're, like, getting <laughs> dragon eggs. And they're, like, taking dragon DNA from, like, dragon fossils. And they're making, like, dragon cyborg ninjas this backstory sounds like the thing that like a seven of an extremely gifted seven-year-old would would write up like like yeah you if you heard a seven-year-old telling this story you'd be like okay he's or she's there they are definitely going to be a writer when they Mm -hmm. grow up like this is yeah but you also wouldn't be like this is good this should be published. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, these are the games where things really went off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> like, hardcore. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, dragon ninjas, dragon cyborgs. They're doing all sorts of weird genetic stuff. And Movado, uh, he kind of has a specific problem that he has to deal with that actually starts to consume his entire life. Okay. So, so Movado's got a buddy in the Red Dragon, right? This guy named Kano. You've probably heard of him. He's been around in Mortal Kombat from the very beginning. I know Kano. Yeah. He's Kano's got a metal got face. Metal face, cyborg guy. Yeah, yeah. Cyborg stuff, Red Dragon. Um, so Kano, like Movado, gets recruited into the Red Dragon. Um, but he doesn't really like their rules. Ben, they can introduce. I, can I ask you a question about your podcast? Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Why are you doing this to yourself? What? what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? I mean, like, mm-hmm. look, I, yep. I, I too am trapped in a podcast of, of, of my own design that is torturing me every week. Uh, and yeah, we yeah. have a lot. We've found a pressure valve where we, we've allowed ourselves to not only cover these terrible games. 
Um, mm-hmm. And once in a while, we we do a, a fun game. But but we we came up with the thing so that we could sell it to somebody. Yeah, yeah. You know, like so so that we what what what's to going get, on to get man? money? What 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 are you doing? <laughs> Why? Here's the deal. Here's the deal. All right, listen. <laughs> Would you believe me if I said I I just love this shit. This is this is great. <laughs> I here's the thing. I I love a good movie. I love a good video game. I love a terrible movie. I love a terrible video okay, game if okay. it is made with conviction. Okay. And the thing that I, with perspective, with even if it's like just your the wrong perspective, even if it's just like <laughs> this was a bad idea at the beginning, I I love anything that is just made with uh, genuine passion. And the thing so, that I've always appreciated since I was a little kid about Mortal Kombat is that it could just be violence and cool costume people that beat each other up. It yeah. could be nothing more. Right. There are plenty of there are plenty of fighting games where that's all you get. Street Fighter, it's like there's a person from every country and they they beat each other up. Well, there's a lot of and lore then, in Street Fighter. There's a lot of it, but it's not like this, man. <laughs> no, it's nothing like it doesn't compare. Uh Virtual Fighter, I don't know what's going on there. Tekken, there's a kind of tiger head guy. Is it really his head? Is it a mask? I've never understood. Um, and there's some of the corporations. I think mm-hmm. it's like kind of cyberpunk game. I don't yeah. know. Mortal Kombat, though, it could have just been that. But from literally the very first game, I and I've I've actually interviewed one of the creators already on this show. Mm-hmm. They were like, "This is our Star Wars." They were like, "All right, here's the thing. We're gonna mention all these things, and they're gonna have stuff in the background. And then as the series progresses, we're gonna really like dig into that lore. And then eventually, that like first creative team moved on." And other people came on, and that could have been where things just got really shallow and could have just been like, yeah, whatever's going to give us money. Let's regurgitate the same story over and over again. No. They were like, let's come up with even deeper lore and also bring (laughs) back all these old characters and advance their storylines. And then let's go like ham on this other thing. And we're going to, there's here, the cyber dragons show up and it just keeps going deeper. And then they rebooted it. It's like Resident Evil or Kingdom Hearts, where you're just like, guys, what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. I would say the weird advantage that Mortal Kombat has is, as crazy as all this sounds, giving you the shorthand version, and I will say, like, no one's story probably sounds crazier than Movado's, and that, like, I could probably tell you his story in, like, five seconds, but it's all the weird periphery stuff that was in his life that makes, that adds that, like, flavor, but, like, uh... I don't it's more coherent somehow <laughs> than Kingdom Hearts. And part of doing the show I think for me and part of the fun of it is you have to look you have to you have to connect the dots yourself. <laughs> and that's what okay. I do. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um but really the short answer is that I I suggested doing this podcast as a bit and then I started doing it and now if I don't complete it I'll be mad at myself. All right. Well, I'm I'm happy I'm I'm glad you're you're i don't know what i'm trying to say here but i'm it yeah, sounds like yeah, you're yeah. not in great pain and that's good no it's fulfilling yeah no it's it's good it's fun um like you'll come around so movado <laughs> movado's in the red dragon he's got this buddy kano movado sounds kano. like a hotel in spain like it's just yeah yeah he's definitely got like i think they even had a matador costume for him at some point and I don't think that there's a reason other than like they were like Movado sounds like a hotel in Spain. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. yeah I'm sorry. I'm sorry mm-hmm. to interrupt. Continue. <laughs> no, that's the show. Please interrupt. Oh, no, okay. So, so Movado and Kano, they're buds. They're in the Red Dragon. And then one day Kano's like, hey, man, listen, we're part of a very small group of people that know that there are other dimensions and that the people in those dimensions are constantly wanting to kill each other, right? So here's the thing. Why are we in a group with a bunch of rules where we have to basically live like secretive little monks when we could instead become mercenaries who like sell rocket launchers to wizards and like deal arms between realms and, you know, steal treasure from this realm and then sell an amulet to a guy in like this realm. And he's like, then we could be rich and sexy and cool. And Movado is like, cause that's not what the red, that's not what we do. And Kano's like, cool. Then I'm just going to leave the red dragon and make my own group with a cooler name, like the black dragon. And that's what he did. <laughs> and simply kano deciding to do this which honestly makes like way more sense than whatever these like disciples of the red dragon are doing because it's still not entirely clear to me like what they're gonna get out of finding blaze Mm -hmm. because really it's all about like dagon being like we'll find blaze and then i'll consume blaze and i'll become the one being so i don't know what the other red dragon guys get out of that (laughs) Other than like being obliterated, I guess, when the Armageddon <laughs> happens, like I don't, just a bunch of people with, like serious depression who are like, it seems like a great way to like end everything. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, it's like it's like the GOP and how they're like uh, relentlessly mm-hmm. pursuing the actual apocalypse uh, mm-hmm. in order to uh, pacify their evangelical base, and yeah. what they get out of that is apparently obliteration, right? Like that's yeah. the end goal. It's yeah. a death cult. Yeah. yeah. It's end times cold. Yeah, yeah I guess that is pretty much it. <laughs> so, plus, they're like, what other group lets us make dragon ninjas? Just like to see what would happen and yeah. if they could open portals. Uh, so the red dragon is like, okay, cool. So obviously black dragon can't exist. They're going to blow our cover. And so Movado's entire life now becomes consumed with, cool, now I have to find Kano and this like rapidly expanding group of cool, sexy mercenaries that he's formed and stop them from like arms dealing and and telling other people like the Red Dragon's business. I have to basically assassinate Kano. He's like the hardest guy to assassinate now. And so that becomes Movado's entire life. So he tracks Kano for years. And throughout that time span, Kano fucking inserts himself into the most public possible storylines in a way that Movado cannot like emerge from the shadows and kill him. So like Kano basically throws himself into like the middle of this mortal combat tournament on Shang Tsung's Island between earth realm and this other realm called outworld. And now all eyes are on Kano cause he's fighting this tournament. Movado can't kill him cause it would like expose the red dragon. So he has to like wait for it to be over or hope Kano gets killed there. Somehow Kano survives now Kano's working for Outworld, and he's doing a second Mortal Kombat tournament, and he's, like, again, like, in the middle of all this stuff, and, Re- and Movado's like, okay, I gotta just, like, wait this out, I guess. Uh, and then there's, like, an invasion of Earthrealm by Outworld, and it's, like, people in the streets are being killed by centaurs, and he's like, I really want to kill Kano, but again, Kano's, like, in the middle of all this shit, and I, like, can't get some private time to just, like, slit his throat. He's making it really hard for me to Were complete my mission. Were centaurs in Mortal Kombat 3? Mm-hmm. Yep. I remember this. Yeah. Yeah, there's uh there's a very important Centaurian from Outworld. Uh and the Centaurians of course have been in a long time civil war 
um, with the dragon, uh, half dragon people that Goro is a part of, ah, the Shokan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you for clarifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, there's this whole geopolitical situation going on in Outworld because Outworld's already conquered a bunch of realms. So it's this melting pot of people that don't have homes that are kind of like refugees from other realms that don't exist anymore. And then they wind up in wars with each other. It's, it's a whole situation. Uh, so Movado trying to hunt down Kano, waiting things out, hoping that in one of these like massive interdimensional battles that Kano inserts himself in, he'll die, and it just does not happen. It's very annoying. Eventually, uh, he discovers his moment. There is this invasion um, of Earthrealm by the Netherrealm, which is basically like, what if hell was a dimension? Uh, and Kano's in that situation, and then Kano dies um, in that whole war, or, like, right before that war, and then, like, one of his, like, second-in-command dies in that war, and basically, like, half the Black Dragon are dead, and Movado's like, great, it took years, but but finally, the situation kind of resolved itself, Kano got, ki- got himself killed, foisted on his own petard, uh, his second-in-command, this guy Jarek, got killed, also foisted, now there's just, like, a handful of Black Dragon people left, like, lower-level Black Dragon guys, so I just need to clean up the mess, and I can finally get back to making dragon cyborgs. Okay. Um, so, Movado goes so on is his, that, like, extreme... Wait, is that Mortal Kombat 4 where all that happens? Does yeah, Kano die less. in 4? Kano technically dies in 3. Oh. His second-in-command dies in 4, and then you kind of... Well, we'll get to like, there's like a loose thread. Okay. Okay. That that presents itself. Part of so, me. Part of me. I'm. I've had the instinct a couple of times here, to sit in absolute silence and let you just just, <laughs> just straight yeah, just tell yeah, yeah. the story. And then another thing that's occurred to me is because I only know you from Twitter, mm-hmm. um, that your backstory like these characters could be an elaborate myth because the human I'm looking at in this, as you described it, Unabomber style garage could just be uh, like one of like the kind of Twitter person who would without irony do Mm -hmm. a mortal podcast. Mm -hmm. So I want you to know that both of these things have occurred occurred to me. Yeah. It's honestly, it's like, is this guy doing a bit? Is this fun? I don't even know anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Great. I mean, I said at the very beginning, ultimately the entire point for me of doing this podcast at all is to get president Barack Obama on the show and get him to say Goro. Um, (laughs) I still think it's, there's only a few seasons left before I run out of characters. So the, honestly, the clock is ticking. Seasons. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, wasn't like but Heather, a, you're wasn't you're a step like a on the Barack Obama his, ladder. His <laughs> his speechwriter was a former comedian, right? So there is oh, like yeah. there is a literal path to this destination. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you got I think 2021's a good moment to switch gears. And I think instead yeah. of the podcast itself, <laughs> you mm-hmm. should get people on who get you one step closer to Barack Obama being on the show and all he needs to do is say Goro. 
that's it like yeah. he doesn't need to understand the context of it mm-hmm. yeah that's my pitch that's all i need and if i can pull that <laughs> off then this was actually then it was all a bit and it was really good bit. <laughs> uh i'm yeah. so sorry i interrupted <laughs> no not at all <laughs> Uh, I mean, look, I'm always straddling the line of like, is this is this funny anymore, or is this just like, look, this is this is fun, this no, is please, good stuff. No, please tell me more about Mul- Mulvado. Um, it's 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 Mulvado. There's no L. It does feel like it would fit. <laughs> like he could be a mole person, and that would fit. He could be from the mole realm. <laughs> just moles, wall to wall moles. Oh boy. <laughs> All right, so. Most of the black dragon's dead. Mavado's like, let's clean up the rest of them. Uh, in fact, he goes and uh, seemingly murders this guy named Cabal, who famously has a pair of very cool hook swords. Okay. Mavado's like, I remember those. Cabal. He was red. Nope. Uh, he <laughs> he's he's like blackish greenish. He's got like a mask. He looks like a Mad Max kind of dude. He's also got a trench coat. He's also got hook swords. Mavado's like, he's like a Mavado's like a, a Cabal Kano mashup okay. kind of dealio. Okay. Oh. Yeah. All right. It's the whole thing. Swing uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so he kills Cabal. He takes the guy's hook swords. He's like sick hook swords. Now that I got these hook swords and I've killed the black dragon off, it's time to get back to what I do best, which is making dragon guys. And uh, that's when he receives a message from the Deadly Alliance themselves. Okay. Briefly, the Deadly Alliance are these two sorcerers, Quan Chi. You and your dad. <laughs> <laughs> who just love beheading snakes. <laughs> um, it's Shang Tsung, who you know. Yeah. And, and Quan Chi, uh, who was in Mortal Kombat 4. And they're basically like, they're these two guys who were like, the second in command bad guys in different Mortal Kombat games, and then they came together and they were like, "What if we were a deadly alliance? I bet we could be more, way more effective than our bosses. Let's kill our bosses and take okay. over." Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, truly the villains of our time. Um, they uh, they have this whole plan, world domination, yada yada yada. But basically, they hit up Mavado and they go, "Listen, man, we're dealing in like big time realm fighting stuff. All right, so we know all about the Red Dragon." It's not a secret to us. And Movado's like, damn, you guys sound pretty smart. And they're like, real quick, we just want to let you know Kano's alive. And he's working for us. So we know your whole deal has been murdering Kano. Well, he ain't dead, so your job's not done. We will let you murder him, though, and finally close the door on the whole Black Dragon thing if you do us two quick favors. Favor number one. We want you to kill this guy named Kenshi. Don't ask too many questions. He's a blind ninja. We just don't like him. We want you to murder him. Uh, and Movado's like, no problem. Not a big deal. They're like, other thing we need you to do is uh, the American government has formed the Outer World Investigation Agency, which is like the CIA for dimensions. They've <laughs> built all these techno portals so they can travel between dimensions. They're getting all up in our shit. We don't like it. We want you to just destroy their techno portals. Movado's like, all oh, that sounds really easy for me to do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> easy Movado stuff. Uh, if that means I'll get to murder Kano and finally get back to what I love doing, making dragon guys, then uh, I'll do it. No problem. 
So, Mavado goes and defeats this Kenshi guy, whatever. Uh, he sends his second-in-command, this guy named Suhao, to destroy the Techno Portals. Suhao totally blows up the Techno Portals, no problem. And then the Deadly Alliance is like, cool, here's Kano. Kano's like, wait, what? I thought I thought I was working for you guys. What the fuck? And they're like, shut up, Kano. Mavado, you can kill him now. Mavado beats Kano in, okay. in combat. Okay. But it, he doesn't kill him. What? His whole life. It's all been His building whole up life. to this moment. He's like, he's so big mad at this point that instead of killing Kano, he's like, that's not good enough. Instead, I'm going to bring Kano back to the Dragon Guy lab. I'm going to make Kano basically be like one of the guys that carries around like dragon juice. I'm just going to give him like the worst job at the Dragon Guy factory. And... Uh, that's that's terrible planning. Like you do not want to yeah, put right? the man that you were almost going to. You do not want to give him a responsibility in your lab, and mm-hmm. also like you know that guy's going to backstab you at some point because he's yeah. he's afraid that he's going to get murdered at some point. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, uh, Mavado really he lets himself get blinded by his anger. Um, that's his which anger. Is- <laughs> yeah, his anger is killing this guy's not good enough. I want him to grovel at the Dragon Guy factory specifically. <laughs> God. Um it's a weird story. I don't know what this guy's deal is where it's oh, like, so you, you know, admit, you spend your you whole do life You admit that it's a weird story. That's uh <laughs> <laughs> So you're, <laughs> you got it. I, I even I must admit, in this particular situation, this is a weird story for a guy okay. to have. Okay. Yeah. I I just can't get in his headspace, which is unusual, because usually I can get around to understanding. But it's like he's a part of this death cult. I guess honestly, I guess when it comes down to it, is like he's so dedicated to being just like a menial member serving this death cult that all he he's been given this task. That is so hard to complete, and it's just frustrated him so much at this point because all he wants is to get back to his death cult, as any member of a death cult, yeah, you know, of course, would feel. He's like, put me back in the cult. I love. It's the most important thing in the world to me. Oh yeah. So he he's just you know he's gotten all worked up, like uh like wait a, is that a the Mormon end of guy. his arc? Is he no, doesn't no, 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 kill no, no, no. Kano and then Kano works for him? <clears throat> We're just getting to the downfall now. Okay. He brings Kano back to the Dragon Guy factory. Um, and, uh, in fact, they, you know, they're even, like, doing genetic experiments on Kano. They're, you know, they're doing trials. They're like, here, take this Dragon Guy vaccine. Let's see what happens to you. And um, while doing that, Mavado is like, all right. Unfortunately, there's, like, one more door I got to close. Deadly Alliance knows all about the Red Dragon. I'm the guy whose job it is to, like, make sure people don't know about the Red Dragon. I'm also going to have to take care of the Deadly Alliance. So he says, very foolishly, he's like, Suhao, you did a great job blowing up the Techno Portals. Could you just go kill the Deadly Alliance for me? I would rather hang back here at Red Dragon headquarters. I don't want to have to go out on a mission again. I'm just going to send you out to murder these two very powerful sorcerers. Um, And Suhao's like, no problem, boss. Love being in a death cult. So... Suhao never reports back. <laughs> I'm I'm silently shaking my head now. <laughs> <laughs> Suhao never reports back. Definitely dead. For sure dead. Well, Mivado, what are you thinking? You're just so desperate to just hang out with fucking Dagon? 
that you can't just go like <laughs> take care of this yourself? You know how they've just discovered that like a, a, a long-term symptom of COVID is that you go psychotic? I'm pretty yeah. sure listening to this that I have mm-hmm. that none of this has happened. None of this is yeah. happening. You are <laughs> <laughs> this stream of consciousness near gibberish. <laughs> yeah. It's not. You're just disassociating in your garage. I, I'm going crazy. <laughs> My my car is running. I am just sitting in yeah. the fumes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that's like rule one of having a garage office. You cannot park your car in there. That's a bad idea. This is a real Movado move. <laughs> yeah. okay. uh, so he sends his second command and the guy disappears. <laughs> the guy disappears. He never reports back. Shortly after that. Movado gets a knock on his door at Red Dragon headquarters. Who is it? Who's there? I know that you're reading something, but in my head, I would like to believe that when you stare sort of off camera, that you're just looking into your own like memory. I'm looking at my inner life. Yeah, and you're just regurgitating. You have no notes. You're just staring in the middle distance. And you're telling me the story that you have memorized. In my in my memory palace, it just looks like it's a dragon guy lab. And I'm like, in my memory palace, I'm just walking through. I'm like, okay, so that's where we passed Kano carrying his vials, which obviously leads us to Movado's quarters, where yeah, he receives yeah, a knock yeah. on his door. And when you open the door in the mind palace, you see it's Cabal. It's the guy that he took the hook swords from. Okay. Cabal wasn't dead. Okay. <laughs> he he escaped to another realm, a realm called the Chaos Realm, where there literally their whole thing is it's just like what if there was a dimension where there are no rules? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's a neighboring realm to the Order Realm where everyone's a cop and I'm not joking. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's like a whole uh storyline. Um so Hmm. Cabal has come back strong as ever. He's been living in the chaos realm. The dude's bonkers now. And he's like, I want my hook swords back. And Movado's like, what? And then he just beats the shit out of Movado and takes the hook swords and leaves. <laughs> so now Movado has not only lost his second in command and failed to kill the sorcerers and also brought Kano back to HQ, he has also lost the cool hook swords that he's been wielding for. You know, I don't for, know, a few months. for a game called Mortal Kombat, nobody's yeah, killing are... anybody. They're all, they're all letting everybody go. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I mean... uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's the monkey's paw of I, I, I wish to make a wildly successful franchise called Mortal Kombat. It's like, hmm, franchise? People are going to want their favorite characters to come back, it which t- means no one can die. It turns out that friendships are the only canonical ending to any of these fights (laughs) (laughs) yeah pretty much (laughs) it is really fun because in the new in the new mortal kombat games like the last like three of them it's actually they do a really good job of finding a way to like what story mode look like for a fighting game where it's like Mm -hmm. each chapter of the story you're switching perspective to a new person who will wind up fighting five people over the course of their chapter in the story it's like rashomon Mm -hmm. style um, but it does require that like every fight 
other than like maybe two or three in the story mode ends with being like so there despite the fact that while you were doing the actual fight you probably like ripped that person's spine out of their body it just cuts to them like unconscious on the ground and it's like that's right anyway back to whatever else i was doing in the story it's great i highly recommend it um so Mavado disarmed and botching it really hard at his job to the extent that he's kind of been cut out of Dagon's whole life at this point. Um, and Dagon's like, look, I'll give you one last chance before I just fully kick you out of the red dragon, dude. My, <laughs> I'm just about to unload <laughs> the most ridiculous part of all on you. Great, great. Dagon goes, Mavado, I'm just going to tell you my whole deal. I'm a demigod. That's why I know all this stuff. I was cryogenically frozen for a long time. I was supposed to be unfrozen to specifically battle Blaze when Armageddon arrived. That was what my parents wanted for me. Uh, but I was unfrozen too early. So I've been trying to track down Blaze my whole life um, before my brother got unfrozen because it was like a real Cain and Abel situation where only one of us is going to be able to defeat Blaze. And I thought I had an advantage because my brother has been frozen all this time and I got unfrozen early, but the Red Dragon failed to find Blaze and now my brother's been unfrozen. Anyway, long story short, Movado, I need you to go find my, my brother and murder him so that he doesn't beat Blaze, so that I can beat Blaze and I can be the one beat. So Movado uh, tracks down Taven, Dagon's brother, <laughs> and he fights him uh, and loses. That's it. And that's, <laughs> Wait, that's the end of his story? No, no, no. There's one more step, oh, okay. and it's that um, the, the Armageddon occurs. Blaze is found. Taven and Dagon rush to go fight Blaze. And um, hilariously enough, Every fighter in Mortal Kombat history also comes to this battle because everybody now knows about this whole Blaze situation. Mm -hmm. And everybody wants to fight Blaze because everyone in Mortal Kombat wants this godlike power. And Mavado rushes to this battle to be like, I have to fight. I have to help my boss win this battle. Only to see Dagon get fully killed by his brother um, and then to be murdered himself at the site of this battle. And so Mavado just dies there, uh, a complete failure. <laughs> So, looking at his life, yeah, what do you think is the key turning point where he makes his biggest mistake? I think it's not killing Kano. I think if he kills it's... Kano, everything goes in a different direction for him permanently. Yeah. I think um, it's tough because there's a lot of like shoulda, woulda, couldas, right? Yeah. He knew Kano in the Red Dragon. He probably saw some warning signs that Kano was going to flee. If he killed Kano or, like, reported on Kano while he was in the Red Dragon, he mm -hmm. wouldn't have had to deal with any of this stuff. Right. Um, right. He could have just probably, worn his high pants and his leather trench coat and, and lived his life. In theory, he might have helped look for Blaze during all this time. And maybe they would have found Blaze before, yeah. you know, Taven got unfroze. And then Dagon... Is... <laughs> Is Blaze, because again, I don't know anything here, is Blaze mm -hmm. like a Dural style character, like Dural from Virtual Fighters, the mirror person, I think, who can who who can do everybody's moves? What kind of being is Blaze? Blaze uh, is an elemental. 
which is, means he's made of fire. Right. Um, and he can control fire. Okay. And so he's only playable in two games. Okay. And again, this is what the thing that I love about Mortal Kombat. Why this story is so ridiculously overwrought is that like Blaze was in the background of a level in Mortal Kombat Two. Okay. There's like a level where you fight on a bridge, and in the background, there's like someone on fire fighting. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I remember. So like six games later. They were like, let's start dropping hints that he was actually a really important guy. <laughs> and then by the eighth game, he's on the cover. And he's like what the whole world revolves around. And they retroactively put in this whole situation with like the Battle of Armageddon and Taven and Dagon. Taven and Dagon are in one game. One game. Wow. Movado's story doesn't mention Dagon for two games before we even find out Dagon exists. So it was like uh, every little thing has to actually be this really deep piece of lore. It's it's like the the improv concept of yes and, right? Like you say mm-hmm. yes and then you add to it. These guys, their yes is all caps. Like yeah. every time it's yes! Like there's no, mm-hmm. like, I, I would not be surprised if you told me that, hey, you know one of those bodies in the pit for that fatality Mm-hmm. That's Sonya's dad. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that could totally happen. Yeah, in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> and then, like later on, they would be like, "Who is actually? Yep, from the dad realm. Yep, which is why he's such a good dad. Yep, yep, yeah. The spikes <laughs> that people got impaled on; those are a being. Each spike is mm-hmm. a person. Yeah. You fight a spike. From the spike realm. Yeah, from spike realm. I feel like I have um, just enough Mortal Kombat knowledge coming into this that yeah. I have left enriched from this story. Good. But with no more likelihood that I will play a Mortal Kombat game. Yeah. I will say Movado is bottom three Mortal Kombat characters, I would say, of all of them. His story is, it leaves a lot to be desired. There's a reason he didn't stick around much. Uh, it's it's like, so I know, I know very little <laughs> about wrestling, right? I know enough yeah. about mm-hmm. wrestling to be able to say that I know Sting has been in multiple promotions, and I know the yeah. word promotion, and that his story continues in a vaguely connected way with each, uh, with each promotion that he ends up in, right? Yeah. But yeah. if you were to sit me down for six hours and tell me the story of Sting, I would not enjoy myself. Like I, true. Like it's nice to know that Movado exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that he's out there. That he's out there, and I, I like, I like that maybe, you know, I'll, I'll be looking at like a game fan scan on some like video game museum archive website and i'll be like oh shit it's that guy it's movado i know all about this guy yeah um (laughs) the description of your podcast being that you overwrite memories uh that are important to the to the to the guest i also think is important because i no Mm -hmm. longer remember my own story about my own father that i know i told earlier in this podcast well it's recorded so you can listen back to it later (laughs) 
<laughs> right, but it's sequentially, it's before all this other stuff. Yeah, so yeah. I'll remember it and then I'll forget it all again. <laughs> yeah, it's like Tenet. Now it's a, now you're just going to be in a perpetual cycle of reliving and unliving the memory. What? Anyway. Yeah. A, a brief coda on Movado before oh. we wrap things up. Okay, great. So I mentioned there was a reboot of Mortal Kombat. It's oh. actually like a Star Trek style reboot okay. where a new timeline was created that still existed, like where all the things that happened still happened. Okay. It was like we kind of rewound and then started overwriting it. Okay. And in that timeline, Movado actually did manage to appear, which is pretty good considering most of the characters from his era just like mm-hmm. they were like, no, that didn't happen anymore. Um, and so in that storyline, Movado's story is mostly the same. He's still a member of the Red Dragon. The Red Dragon's goals are a little different. Now they're trying to like resurrect an old Dragon King and put his body into someone else's body. But more or less, it's he's Movado's doing the same stuff. Um, the difference here is that uh, before he ever really gets a chance to come anywhere close to killing Kano, his faction gets involved in this like civil war um, between two groups in Outworld, where like the Red Dragon are like we're. We hope that Melina's side of the Civil War wins because that'll help us get closer to our goals, which involve like this dragon guy. So he's like he's distracted by this other thing. It's a, it's it's convoluted, and then ultimately, like by pure happenstance, he finds Kano. He tries to fight Kano, and then these like U.S. soldiers who have been on this like clandestine mission to like another dimension where they like don't belong to like, Team America stuff. Okay, they show up. They're like we're here to like. Uh, extradite Kano. They like try to arrest Kano. Movado gets in their way, so they just fully disembowel him, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, U.S. Marshals, like, what are you doing here in a jungle and Outworld? Like, you don't have any jurisdiction here. Oh, and they're no. like, shut the fuck up. We're here for Kano, and just disembowel him. <laughs> it's like it's like two like twenty year old women. They're just like, fuck you, shut up, and they just like murder him. It's actually Sonya Blade's daughter um, who does it. That's great. Good job, so, Sonya. I'm mm-hmm. glad you had a chance to get pregnant in while being uh, fighting for 25 years. She's been fighting yeah, for. Yeah, she's a, she's like a she's like a deadbeat mom. <laughs> she has a kid. She has a kid with Johnny Cage, and then oh, no. she um, <laughs> she spends too much time at work, and Johnny becomes like a stay at home dad and like gives up on movies. Oh. And then, uh, ironically enough, her daughter then becomes. Uh, a special forces soldier like her. And so Johnny has to spend time around Sonia because she actually winds up working for her mom. It's a whole thing. It, is Blade the story's, her, her actual last name? Is her last yeah. name Blade? Cool. Yeah, I guess yeah. mm-hmm. I guess if it was, you would you would want to fight forever. Yeah. <laughs> You'd naturally become one of the chosen warriors to fight in Mortal Kombat should your realm ever be challenged. Mm. That's it for Movado. Okay. Coda over. Um, there's just one segment left on the show, right. uh, Heather, and I think you're, I think you're going to enjoy it. It's a real treat. The section is called Choose Your Destiny, and it's when I ask you, Heather, if you were to exist in the world of Mortal Kombat, knowing now some of the various realms and creatures that exist within it, <laughs> who would you be? What would you be? What would your fatality be? Who's Heather Ann Campbell in the Mortal Kombat universe? Um... I would I would be from the awkward realm uh-huh. and uh where where like nothing in the entire universe happened yeah. 
without awkwardness. Everything, everything. Mm-hmm. But because that awkwardness had been like, you know, Bane style, bo- I, I was born in it. You, yeah. you know, you, you only came to the, I don't know that quote. Um, yeah, I was born in the awkwardness. You only, ba- you became Batman in your cave. Right. And that's different so, from what I did. So millennia of this, this, this galvanizing of, of awkwardness makes mm-hmm. the characters themselves in the realm a little bit immune to it. Like they, it is such an intense awkwardness that they don't even know that it's happening anymore. So right. when the realm comes to Mortal Kombat, wherever the tournament is being held in, at yeah. that time, the awkward the, realm is challenged. Yeah, mm-hmm. the awkward realm is challenged. Uh, I I go forward to fight, and all of my fighting is uh, just saying the worst and most awkward thing. So it's a mm-hmm. like it's an, an, an um like almost like a passive aggressiveness, uh where you, the the words are canonically effective as spells, uh right. and then uh, my fatality would be the cringe, and it would mm-hmm. be where I would say something so embarrassing about myself, and mm-hmm. so inappropriately timed. That the yeah. that the other person would cringe until their bones crumbled, and then wow. their skeleton would crumble inside their body, and their Jello esque flesh would just <laughs> fall to the ground loose. <laughs> yeah, that would be yeah, like that a, would be just a, like a pile of a pile of breakfast spaghetti. Yeah, yeah, pile of breakfast spaghetti. <laughs> that would be that'd be my Mortal Kombat backstory, realm, and fatality. That's a really, really good fatality. I like that. Yeah. So you're essentially like, it's Pat in terms of like the energy that you're giving <laughs> off to the people in your yes. life in, yes. in these fights where they're but just in, becoming so confounded and uncomfortable. Yeah. But in, in, in yeah. Pat's realm, everybody is Pat. So it functions. Yeah. And the Pat realm. Yeah. But, but now it's, yeah, now it, now it, as soon as it's unleashed, upon any other realm it's like oh my god stop <laughs> yeah yeah that's yeah. good yeah. i like it yeah great answer thank you uh heather thank you so much for coming on the show thank you so much for um bearing with the 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 deeply dissatisfying story of movado <laughs> thank you for having me thank you for enriching me thank you for yeah. bringing movado into my life where he now is um wandering around in my head forever <laughs> till I'm mm-hmm. dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Replacing that precious borderline traumatic <laughs> snake beheading garage memory that you had. Uh please do let your dad know that there is a Python bounty ongoing in Great. Florida. Great. Um that he could be making bank. Okay. Um <laughs> and if people want more Heather and Campbell in their lives, which of course they will, where can they find you? What do you What do you got? You got anything cool uh, coming up? Well, uh, you can listen to uh, my weekly podcast with Nick Weiger called "How Did This Get Played?" Nick Weiger, uh, Matt Apodaca, and our incredible engineer Devin, uh, where we play the worst and weirdest and most worthy video games of all time. Um, but that third W changes sometimes. It's the Warioist. Sometimes it's mm, the wackiest. I like that. Um, okay. Uh, you can also watch season, what season did I, 
six of Rick and Morty, <laughs> whenever mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. comes out. Yeah, the next one. <laughs> Decades from now. Uh, yeah. And, the, and, and follow me on Twitter at Heather Campbell, uh, where you can see me and Ben interacting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, every once in a while. Every just have a while. little goof. Yeah. <laughs> well, as always, thank you guys for listening and finish him. <laughs>